What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show, and also welcome to the weekend. It's Friday, December 8th, the first full day of Hanukkah. We got Christmas 17 days away. We got my birthday seven days away, and I'm sorry, but I am going to take my birthday off. I will not be with you next Friday. I think I'm entitled to do that. So right now, I am joining you from guess where? Any guesses? Your first guess is incorrect. Your second guess is correct. I am joining you from here in South Florida. I flew in last night. I left Las Vegas. Had a great time. It's always a good time in Vegas. Played some poker. Paid $16 for a glass of orange juice. If you didn't hear that story, go back to the podcast and take a listen. True story. Eight-ounce glass of orange juice at a restaurant. During breakfast, $16 at the win. So many great memories from this trip. Great meals, too. Not so many great moments at the poker table, but when you're in Vegas, it's always a lot of fun. To me, this will forever be the orange juice trip. It's a trip that I will never forget. I will tell the story to I don't know how many people in the future. It's just amazing the amount of money that they feel comfortable with charging for orange juice. I'd rather just the cook come out of the back or some kitchen person come out of the back come to my table and just say, I'm going to steal your credit card. Here, Give me your credit card. I'm not bringing it back to you. Just take it. There you go. I mean, that's pretty much what it is for $16 of orange juice. At least that would have been more honest. And you know, on this show, I'm always all about honesty. Just take my credit card. That's it. Imagine if I would have ordered apple juice. Oh gosh. Might be looking at 22 bucks for that or a Capri Sun. Amazing. Anyhow, I'm back here. I'm in Miami. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw I flew in last night, landed at MIA around 8.15 p.m. I went to the lounge, got a meal, nice beef Wellington, perfectly cooked, and then called the Uber and uh, went home. Actually, this time I called a Lyft. Uber, It's not just me with the money. I mean, $75 for a 20-minute ride, isn't that a little ridiculous? So then I went to the Lyft app, and it was $32, which is what it should be. I mean, actually, it should be $10, but we know know it's not going to be that. So I order a Lyft. It took like 11 minutes to get there, and the Lyft driver can't even follow a GPS. I guess maybe that's why they drive for Lyft and not Uber. I don't know. Didn't pass the GPS test. So the entire time, now I've got to be like a backseat driver. This guy's having to make U-turns. He barely speaks a lick of English. So I don't speak great Spanish, but I speak enough. You're about to, you're supposed to make a right. So he gets over to the left. I'm like, what are you doing? I didn't say it that way. But I really thought about it for the first time ever. I've taken plenty of ride chairs. For the first time ever, I thought about telling the driver, do me a favor Drop me off at this gas station, and I'm good. And then let me just call somebody else. If you cannot follow a GPS, you're in trouble. 
And I should have known that. I should have known this was going to be a disaster ride home the minute this guy picked me up at the airport. Because at MIA, and I'm sure all airports, when you're picking somebody up, there's like the shoulder, the right shoulder. You pull over and you pick somebody up. So the right shoulder was open. This dude stops in the right lane at the airport. There's two lanes. He stops in the right lane, and I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm looking at the cars honking behind him, and I'm just, like, shrugging my shoulders as he gets to the trunk to put my stuff in. I'm like, I don't know. It's not my car. It's not my friend. I don't know this guy. Right then and there, I should have known this is going to be a problem, and I should have canceled. But it was an experience, and now I – Got to at least tell you about it. And I know you tune in here not just to hear about the Dolphins and the Hurricanes and the Heat and the Panthers and the Marlins. You want these amazing experiences as well, such as getting a Lyft driver who can't even look at a GPS correctly. I don't know how a GPS says, okay, you need to make a right, and then he gets over to the left lane. Ah, I don't get it. The worst part is, and the scary part, we're surrounded by people like this when we're on the road. It's not just Lyft and Uber drivers. Just regular drivers who can't even qualify to drive for Uber or Lyft. We are surrounded by them. Right now, there could be one on your left. There could be one on your right. There could be one behind you. Or maybe Lieutenant Camacho is behind you. And if he puts his lights on, you better pull over. I saw some more chase videos yesterday. It's just amazing how many chases we've got. Probably had three more by the time these words are coming out of my mouth and you're hearing them. It's bizarre. Dangerous. Anyhow, happy Friday to you. We can't get ready for a Dolphins game because there is no Dolphins game Sunday. We got to wait. We got to wait to see another Dolphins win until Monday. I watched the game last night, though. Remember when the Patriots used to be good? Although they won the game still. That was what you call hashtag bad football. Oh, that game was so ugly. Um, it was it was bad. The decisions that were being made in that game, more of like, what's going on here? What am I watching First and goal, let's draw up a play where we hand it off, we pitch it to the tight end or something, and then he throws it to a wide receiver and almost gets picked off. We just saw that a week ago. Just craziness. I don't know what some coaches are thinking. I'm glad Mike McDaniel is the Dolphins head coach. Although McDaniel on short yardage, he's not great either. Just run a regular football play. If the Dolphins have short yardage plays on Monday night against Tennessee – Just give the ball to Raheem Mostert. Give the ball to A-Chan. Just run a normal play where you can get a yard. Why do we have to get so creative? And a lot of these creative plays, as you see, they don't even work. It's not always because there's a mistake being made. It's because the defense, they're looking out for them. I don't know why they would look out for a stupid play on fourth and one instead of just handing it to a running back. But that's what I've seen lately. The thing that I've never understood is when you've got fourth and inches or fourth and one, 
and you're lining up in shotgun to hand it to a running back. We don't want to start just one yard from getting a first down. We want to start six yards behind that line to gain. Yeah. We'll get a running start. I would never do that when I played Madden on, I think I played it on the PlayStation before it got too difficult to play. I would never do that. They didn't have the tush push in there. But fourth and one, I wasn't drawing up some trickery. I was just running the football. Although fourth and one, I punted a lot. Coaches don't like to punt anymore. They look at the analytics. So I'm flying tonight to Medellin. My flight leaves around 7.45 p.m. But before I fly to Medellin, and I'll be there for the weekend, maybe a couple more days than that, and I'll do the show from there early next week before coming back here to South Florida. Before I get on that uh, plane and we take off, I'm going to log in to my Hard Rock Bet app. And here's what I'm going to attempt to do. I'm going to do this about five or six times over the next, I guess, five or six weeks. I am going to put together a seven or eight team parlay with just anytime touchdown scores. It's amazing. And it seems so easy to do, but the payouts, when you see them, it truly is amazing. You can pick with the exception of, let's say, Christian McCaffrey. You can pick eight players to score a touchdown, one from each game, like Raheem Mostert. You can pick eight players total, one from each game. And if you put, like, I'm going to put 200 bucks on this. The payout for 200 bucks, it varies, but more or less, it's like 150 grand. I know you're probably saying right now, wow. And trust me, every time I start making selections, I say the same thing. Because it seems too easy. You take eight games. All right, look at the schedule this week. Pick eight games and pick either a running back, a quarterback, a wide receiver, whoever. Pick a player who is going to score a touchdown. There's some games where you're like, well, yeah, this this guy's going to score for sure. If you get eight correct, just score one touchdown anytime. If you get eight correct, that 200 bucks, from what I've seen, and again, it varies based on the player you pick, but it's around 150 grand. It really is amazing. And I'm not saying this is some sales pitch, trust me. I'm doing it myself. Because obviously it is it is not easy with the odds, but it it, it seems easy. I like picking running backs because you get to the one yard line. Hopefully they're going to give it to the running back and not do some trick play. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to put in another $200 eight team parlay with any time touchdown scores. And my hope is I win about 150 grand. If I do, I still will come on the airwaves next week. I promise. One of them is going to be Raheem Mostert. So I won't know until Monday night. Hopefully I don't know 
until Monday night. If I'm still alive in my parlay Monday night and Raheem Mostert needs to score a touchdown, this show on Monday will be the most exciting show you've ever heard in your life, at least for me. I don't know. Maybe I'll do some giveaway too, if that's legal. But if it comes down to that, oh boy. Heck, I might actually have to fly back because I'll be in Medellin this weekend. I might have to fly back and just go to the game and go nuts. All right, so right now I can't preview the game because I'll be doing that on Monday. But there are things Dolphins related that I need to discuss. And I will. But I can't yet. Until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. Tua Tungabailoa hates Brian Flores. You might be thinking, well, geez, Slater, that's old news. Is this show today? Is this today's show, December 8th, 2023? You know what? It's not old news. Because Tua was asked yesterday about Austin Jackson. He was asked about Austin's contract extension, the new deal to keep the linemen here in South Florida. You would think Tua would use that opportunity to just say thanks to the dude who's protecting his blind side. But no, that's not all Tua did. Instead, Tua went on another rant. That's how I viewed it. This one, it was about guys who have a certain skill set, but in the past they were being beat down, made to feel like they were not a very good football player. And then suddenly, things changed. And two was talking about the way it was with Brian Flores as compared to the way it is now with Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel arrives and suddenly, players feel empowered. Players felt what they did was actually valued, it was appreciated, it was loved. Make no mistake, what Tua was doing there, while praising Mike McDaniel, he was also throwing shade at Brian Flores. He was saying Brian Flores also didn't believe in Austin Jackson. We know he didn't believe in him, but he's saying Brian Flores didn't believe in Austin Jackson either. So essentially, Flo's telling Austin Jackson, you're not good. Flo was telling Tua, you're not good. And then Coach McDaniel arrives, and boom. Now there's belief. Now there's trust. And then you get performance. It all goes hand in hand. Once he had a coach who believed in him, Austin Jackson soared. And we saw the same thing with Tua and everyone else. So if indeed Tua was throwing shade at Brian Flores, the question is, why? Why do that? Is it because he's bitter? Is it because he's empowered? I have a very simple answer. I think it's just because Tua is being real. 
Tua is being exactly what I ask for on this show all the time. And that is... Honesty. That's what this show is always all about. Tua is just telling the truth. When he sees Austin Jackson sign a big contract, his mind goes to remember when this dude was in the doghouse with Brian Flores. Brian Flores was wrong about him, just like Brian Flores was wrong about me. Tua thinking that, not me. I don't think Brian Flores was saying anything about me. Maybe when I had a Slater's scoop, he had something to say behind closed doors, but I don't think Tua wanted to give me my first four or five pages of show prep today, although I do thank him for that. I appreciate it because between Tua and the orange juice price in Vegas, I'm able to put together a nice little Friday show without the Dolphins playing until Monday. But aside from that, I think this is a very good trait from the Dolphins starting quarterback. I think it shows that Tua is a really good teammate. He feels obligated to stick up for one of his guys, particularly the dude who protects his blind side, but everyone took shots at Austin Jackson when he first came up. Now he is a big part of this organization. The offensive line is playing really well. And people were flat out wrong about Austin Jackson. Just like people were flat out wrong about Tua. Noodle arm, never going to be an NFL quarterback, a complete bust of a pick. Can't throw the deep ball. How's Tua doing right now? I would say Tua has always been a great quarterback. But he was never given an opportunity. He was never given a true chance to show what he has. And he was always probably feeling a certain way. Like, hey, coach doesn't believe in me. And if I make a mistake here, I'm going to go back on the bench. It was always, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's ready to replace you. Now there's so much more confidence. I have a lot of confidence that the Dolphins will win their next two games. Hopefully I'll win my eight-team anytime touchdown parlay and take home about 150 Gs. I may have to wait until Monday, though. I hope I got to wait until Monday. Dolphins fans, I don't know if, you like waiting until Monday, but the Dolphins don't play until Monday night. So Monday, I'll come on here and I'll do a Dolphins pregame show. This weekend, we get to watch football kind of like chill a little bit, though, at the same time. Because there's no Dolphins game. There's no Canes game. The Hurricanes aren't playing that Weed Whacker Bowl until later on this month. So it's a football weekend, but for us in South Florida, it's a non-football weekend. What you could do this weekend is get ready for the next Slater Scoops Poker Tournament, which is Tuesday night, December 19th at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. How do you get ready for it? Head on over to the poker room now. Go there tonight. Go there this weekend. Go there anytime. The cards are always in the air. 
the action. It is electric inside the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I know they got crops now. They got roulette. They got the sports betting there. They got it all going on. And that poker room, they've got bonus high hands, $1,000 an hour at times. The action, I'm telling you, it never stops 24 hours a day. Visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com for all of the tournament schedules and when you'll be able to get that $1,000 every half hour, actually, for a bonus high hand. Again, SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's the website. And put a reminder in your phone, Tuesday night, December 19th, $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament. It starts at 6 p.m. at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. So the Dolphins, they play Monday night. We've already had two other teams in their division make news. Last night, the Patriots, they were playing the Steelers, so people are talking about them. And then also you got the Buffalo Bills. This Bills story is simply nuts, like off the deep end. My only question is how? How can Sean McDermott, their current head coach, because I'm sure after the season he will no longer be their head coach, how can the Bills head coach stand in front of his team? You're addressing an NFL team. You've got your players there. You've got other coaches there. You've got your entire staff. And you're saying we need to work together like, let's say, the 9-11 terrorists. What the heck is he thinking? Does he want to get fired? Who would have the incentive to let that story out? How did this get out? I don't know factually how this wound up getting out, but, I mean, Sean McDermott did fire his offensive coordinator in the middle of the season, maybe to deflect blame from himself. Maybe you have other staffers who were let go that we don't know about, but somebody inside that meeting was talking, and they said, we're going to let somebody know to let somebody else know that Sean McDermott is in there telling his players to communicate like the 9-11 terrorists. Can you imagine if the Bills were on hard knocks right now instead of the Dolphins? If NFL Films had captured that speech, I wonder if they would have run it or would they have sit on it? I mean, at that point, I think the producer would have to go to Roger Goodell and be like, hey, boss, um, you wouldn't believe what we just heard. It's actually more shocking than the uh, story that Slater told about $16 for a glass of orange juice in Vegas. The Bills coach, he just encouraged his team to communicate like the terrorists from 9-11. I, I, I mean, my gosh, I, I don't know what else to say. The Bills, they're a disaster. The Patriots won last night, but it looked like the Steelers were a disaster. So you had disaster beating disaster. And the Jets, they're always a disaster. The only non-disastrous team right now in the AFC East, 
your Miami Dolphins. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Let's just hope it stays that way. And I'm only talking about this season. They've been non-disastrous because we know there's been plenty of them in the past. So with no Dolphins game on Sunday, maybe you're looking for something to do. Head on out to Gulfstream Park. The championship meet is going on right now at Gulfstream Park. Literally right now, they are racing. They have live racing during the championship meet Thursday through Sunday. And the championship meet at Gulfstream Park, that means the best of the best. The best horses in the world. The best trainers in the world. The best jockeys in the world, the best of everything is there in Hollandale Beach. And you could wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all the time. Go to the trackside restaurant at Gulfstream Park, 10 Palms. Get yourself a nice table. Watch the races live in front of you. You can even get a private suite reserved if you want. Or hang out outside in the Carousel Club and check out all the action. For every single detail and to make reservations, visit GulfstreamPark.com and then head on out to a great day of the championship meet going on right now at Gulfstream Park. I always say I wish I could talk more hot stove with baseball, but the Marlins, they're never really part of that hot stove. And the Yankees, they are. Yankees fans very happy right now. Clay Ferrero, he's one of them. He's a Yankees fan, and he's going to join me coming up in just a couple of moments. What I want to do first, though, is tell you about Trajan Wealth. You may be thinking about your goals. You've got goals in life. You're thinking about your financial future. Trajan Wealth, they're located locally in Palm Beach, and they are there to help you. You may not know it all when it comes to finances. Maybe you've got somebody working for you or working with you right now, and they're just not getting the job done. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Give yourself a gift this December. Right now, call Trajan Wealth, 561-390-1000. That's 561-390-1000. Or visit their site, TrajanWealth.com. At Trajan Wealth, they will design a plan that is based around your goals, which is so important. Don't wait any longer. Visit TrajanWealth.com today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Here on this Friday, Clay Ferrero from WPLG Local 10 with us on the Andy Slater Show. Clay, I didn't notice this until I called you, but now on the iPhone, some big picture of you comes up. You're dressed up, a suit and tie, and looking all good on my phone. My question is, how do I get rid of this? <laughs> Don't call me anymore. <laughs> That's a good idea. It used to just come up with your name. Now I got your picture, like a huge picture in front of me. That's really strange. I didn't do anything. I thought usually that would happen if uh, the, your contact updated, but I didn't do that. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe the iPhone update, the yeah, seventeen point one or something like that. I gotta yeah, look. In, I gotta look into the settings. So, what do you do, Clay, on a Friday yourself when the Dolphins don't play until Monday night? Do you just chill out all weekend? Well, yeah. I mean, my my daughter's basketball team has their last regular season to game today uh I, I actually got the day off work and then my wife's 
uh, school has their Christmas party. So I am fully diving into all of that and uh, having an extra day to prepare. I'll do my my Dolphins preparation film breakdown a day later uh, for for the Titans game, I guess. What do you do, though, like as far as thinking about who's going to win this game? I know the Dolphins are a huge favorite. But do you take a look at this game yourself and the matchups? You watch a lot of football, Clay. Do you try to find a way, like, hey, here's maybe – the way Tennessee can win? Well, sure. And I mean, the, the obvious one is they run the football and control the clock because that's what that's what Tennessee does well anyway. And it's the one thing you would want to do against a Dolphins team that's obviously extremely explosive and, and also a team that their pass rush has really become a massive issue for for opposing offenses lately. I mean, that's that's it. That's the answer. And yet I think, you know, if the Dolphins do what they're supposed to do, they should be fine. And and I, I thought it was an interesting comment that Mike McDaniel had earlier in the week where he said, you know, we, we, we've made sure that the games that people have penciled in as wins against us, we don't pencil in as wins. We, we go all out. We take every team extremely seriously. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of it's important to note because you look at, at, at some of these these narratives about the Dolphins and, oh, well, they, they haven't beaten a good team. Well, every NFL team is good on a given day, any given Sunday. And, and the one thing the Dolphins done re- have done really well is make sure to take care of the teams and beat the teams that they should. And that's why they're on top of the AFC right now. Do you feel, and I know it's not a narrative, I've brought it up here a few times on the show, but do you feel like that's still the national discussion when it comes to Miami, how they haven't beaten a, a good team? I, I think it's less so, much like anything else. I think a lot of this stuff is like day of and then people move on to something else. And, and yet, you know, if, if you know the next time they play the Bills, if they don't win that or if they get to the end of the season and they're playing Baltimore for a chance at, at the number one seed and, and they don't win that either, then – Sure, it'll pop up again. The Cowboys, you know, I think the thing is they're going to have the opportunity to prove that wrong. And I think they will at least once, if not twice or three times towards the end of the season. And so I don't think it is right now because I think they've moved on to some other narrative. Probably today it's about how LeBron has turned the end season tournament into the greatest thing in the world. Because that's (laughs) that's what that's what the, the national media does. They move on to. To something else. Um, you Clay, know, and, the, the, you know, you mentioned the in-season tournament. It, it's so good. I was in Vegas, and I left just as it started. That's how good. That's how excited <laughs> that's I was. That's how good it was. Yeah, that's how excited <laughs> I was. But, I, I, Andy, I've, I've stopped paying attention to national media stuff. There are select few people who, whose opinions I, I really respect and listen to, and yet the rest of it, it's noise, and it's it's to generate clicks and views and all this stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that – the next time, if they happen to lose, the next time they play a good team, it'll pop up once again. But right now, the narrative is, hey, we're talking about something else because the Dolphins are in first place and they control their own destiny for, for home field advantage. Clay Ferrero with WPLG Local 10 with us here on the Andy Slater Show. Clay, I was mentioning earlier what Tua had to say about Austin Jackson. I thought, I don't know if I would say a shot. It was a shot at Brian Flores, but it was a point made. Uh, did you kind of feel the same way when he was talking about uh, Austin Jackson? I, I think I, I'm sure there is some level of the uh, the contrast between 
what Mike McDaniel has instilled there and, and what Brian Flores was was trying to instill there. They were both trying to instill the same culture, but doing it in different ways. And I, I think it's undeniable at this point that it has certainly worked better for Tua, uh, how Mike McDaniel, you know, more of the, the friendly approach. And look, you watch Hard Knocks and all the stuff that you hear Mike McDaniel say in news conferences that's genuine. I mean, and you, you see the conversations he has with players on the field. That's gen- certain people respond differently to certain styles of leadership and, and that's okay. And I, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that, that Tua and, and look, I don't, I don't pretend to know Austin Jackson at all. And yet clearly his level of play has elevated to the point where, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that he's, he's showing that at least you can, can consider that he's, better under this type of leadership it's you know so potentially yeah and two is in the building and and he would know more than than any of us um you know and and i think is it a shot Uh, maybe um i think the one thing that is is clear is that it is pointing out the contrast in in previous leadership compared to what's what's there right now which is clearly working better clay i think it's fair to say we were all excited about the name mike mcdaniel and hearing that he would come to the Dolphins and finally did. Do you look at what he's done so far as what you expected or has he done more or less? No, I hope, far I, I hope you don't say less. <laughs> no, far, far better, far better. And, and for this reason, I mean, look, everybody's going to, going to focus on the, on the results. Um, you know, and that's the way it is with every coach. And yet the thing with McDaniel that, that has gotten me from day one, I'll never forget his first news conference. And, he was basically asked in a kind way, how can a a tiny, not so imposing uh, figure uh, relate to modern NFL players that are big and strong and, and mean? And, and like, how, can, how are you going to command a room? And he basically said, look, I go to the players and I say, do you like money? Well, guess what? I can help you get paid. I think you're really, really good at doing this. I can make you even better at doing that. And if you're better at doing that, then you know who else is going to get paid to? Me, because we're going to win. <laughs> I'm going to help you get paid. I'm going to help me get paid. And oh, along the way, we're going to win together. And it was just this like, it's so obvious. And yet somehow, it for some reason, it's like taboo sometimes to say, oh, we're playing for money. But What's impressed me about him, Andy, from the very beginning is his ability to reach players in, in a simple yet very effective way, uh, whereas I think modern players maybe don't respond as well, going back to your previous question, uh, to fear and, and things like that. You have somebody who is telling you, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you get what you want. Um, and, and I just I've been super impressed by him from from the beginning. And, and look, the quirky stuff is funny and all that. Yet I think there's always a, a message to it and a method to what he's doing. And, you know, so hopefully it continues. But you know how coaches, they look at video and like with the tush push, they try to implement. They see something that works. Mm-hmm. Do you think owners take a look at a coach? And maybe the first one was Sean McVay. Uh, where they say, okay, we need to go into the younger style, the, the, the more hip. So do you think owners will take a look at Mike McDaniel and say, we need somebody like this? Oh, 100%. It happens all the time. I mean, I mean, I think you saw that that's what happened with Sean McVay, that, that after he was hired, you know, you saw what Cliff Kingsbury 
Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Some of the some of the young offensive minds. Oh, uh, 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 the the Packers hired Lafleur. I mean, it was like right after that you saw all of these young offensive coordinators hired. Many of them failed. It's it's just I I think the thing that you you see over time is you need to have both. You need to have somebody who can can run a side of the ball well, but also be a leader of of, of men. And I, I now, with all that said, I think the thing that is becoming more and more clear is that the offensive side of the ball is is more important than it ever has been. And you're not going to hire a good offensive coordinator anymore unless you're hiring him as your head coach. And so I think more and more, all these teams that are replacing coaches are going to look a, a lot more, to your point about McDaniel, at hiring somebody like a Ben Johnson from Detroit, as opposed to like, hey, let's hire a, a really good defensive coordinator and hope that he brings a, an offensive coordinator with him. Now, the flip side of that is D'Amico Ryans and the job he's doing in Houston right now. But I, I think more and more you're going to see teams start to refocus and in, in hiring these offensive minds because it's easier to hire the better offensive minds as head coaches than to just roll the dice on, on bringing somebody experienced as a coordinator i just wonder how the connection works i don't know if you've ever thought about it because i mean nowadays clay you've got tiktok instagram all the young people are are very into that football has been around for a long time and older coaches i mean they used to work for the younger players you think the connection nowadays has anything to do with social media and being hip Potentially, but I, I also think, look, these are still grown men. Um, and I don't think, I don't, I don't even think with McDaniel, I don't think it's the being hip that aids the connection. I think it's, you know, we're, we're in the, the, the hip shoes and stuff like that. Like it's, it's cool. It's something for us to talk about. But I, I mean, I remember right after he was hired, it was this, Hey, this is really funny now, but what happens if they start off two and five? Right. And and I think that that thing is still true. And it rings true with a lot of these players that, hey, you can tell me one thing, but if it doesn't play out and, and we're not playing well and you're not helping me get paid and I'm doing what you're telling me to do and it ain't working, it doesn't matter how cool your shoes are. It doesn't matter you know, how hip you, you might seem and, and how you connect. So I, I think there's... I I still think that you have to find somebody that that knows what they're doing, and I also think if you're trying to find the next Mike McDaniel, yeah, good luck. I, I I just think he's a one of one, and and I, now what I what I would try to do if I were an owner and a GM is try to find somebody who has a unique way of of meeting players where they are, but don't try to be Mike McDaniel because you just can't be. He's one of one. What What is this team? And I'll only keep you a couple more minutes. Again, Clay Ferreira with WPLG Local 10 here on the Andy Slater Show. We talk about Mike McDaniel, rightfully so. He deserves a ton of credit. Tua deserves a ton of credit. What is this team, Clay, without Tyreek Hill? Man, I hope we don't find out. Um, Me neither. Well, I yeah, mean, eventually, I think, in a few years, maybe. But yeah, I I still think they're I still think they're a good team. I still think they're they're a team that uh, you know has has the ability to win a playoff game. And yet, man, he's the difference between being frightening and and being a Super Bowl winning type of team and just being another good team. I, I just think he he separates them that much. You know, if you're defend if you're a defensive coordinator, man, you you have to make a choice. You have to 
to do things to take him away. And that opens things up for everybody else. And, you know, again, the hard knocks thing, I'll, I'll bring this up again. And, and the, the touchdown against the commanders where, uh, Tyreek very clearly ran the wrong route. Didn't even realize he ran the wrong route until they showed him the, the film from above. And it's like, Oh yeah, well, oh, I guess I was wrong on that. But guess what? He did the wrong thing, and he still scored a touchdown. And and you hear uh, a few times, I think it was earlier in the season, that uh, coaches were basically saying, look, if you're going to do it wrong, at least do it fast. And and how I don't think there are a whole lot of players in the NFL that can do the wrong thing. And by the way, Tyreek Hill does the right thing a lot more often than he does the wrong thing. But I don't think there are a whole lot of players in the NFL who can do the wrong thing, take false steps, and yet their speed and their talent and their explosiveness is – at such another level that they're able to turn that into a touchdown. And I, he's just special and he's, he's the type of player you need if, if you're going to win that first Super Bowl since, uh, since the seventies. Do you think because Tyreek is doing so well and on pace for 2000 yards, that's kind of made at least, I know I feel this way. I don't know about others. Maybe you, the focus or Jalen Waddle just being like, you know, not, not what we thought, Potentially, potentially, um, you know, and, and yet I think you also have to look at some of the other guys on this team that, yeah, hey, you only got one football. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I thought there were times when Cedric Wilson stepped up when they really needed to Braxton Berrios, but also the, the, the running game. And, and hey, this team, if they're going to win a Super Bowl, it's going to be because they have the threat of Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan doing things in the running game. And, and Jeff Wilson, if one of those guys can't go i mean that that's that's what opens up things for for tyreek and for waddle now look i to your point yeah i'm, I'm a little surprised by by waddle's numbers not being what what i think we hoped or he hoped he would be i i, I still think that there's an element of him fighting through some stuff some some minor nicks and knacks and and things like that that's not making an excuse i, I just think it's like a reason for the numbers and uh you know i still think you get into the playoffs you darn well better plan for him. You darn well better find a way to, while you're trying to take away Tyreek Hill, make sure you're not leaving Jalen Waddle right open because he'll beat you too. Clay Ferrero, you know, you made a good point. There's only one football, and there's a lot of really good players on the Miami Dolphins. If I kept you on any longer, I'd have to change the name to the Clay Ferrero Show today. Um, so I'm going to hang up with you now. I'm going to tell you I appreciate your time, and I hope you have a great football weekend. Same to you, Andy. And let's, good luck uh, to your let's daughter. Let's get dinner here soon. Yeah, we, we need to do that. We, we don't need to wait until uh, the beginning of baseball. You know, o- no, let's opening just celebrate. Let's celebrate Soto. That's right. Yeah, it's it's Wanaka. <laughs> Are you lighting candles for Wanaka? I think you could say that, but I can't. <laughs> well, the Yankees said it on uh, their X feed, didn't they? I did think, they? I think they did. They tweeted it they, out. Or I, I thought it, he, they said it was the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, my gosh. Okay, it's time to go. Take care, Clay. Thank you. Later. <laughs> Clay Ferrero with WPLG Local 10. All right, that's all the time I've got for this Friday. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be back with you on Monday. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.